Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings. And if you like what you hear, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on iTunes and, of course, subscribing. It's the only way to make sure that each morning when you wake up, Lockdown Red Wings is downloaded for your morning commute. Today is Wednesday, January 20th, two thousand. And 21, I'm Detroit sports editor Nolan Bianchi, the other host of the show, a kidney stone survivor, a longtime Red Wings fan, Ethan Smith. Ethan, what's going on, buddy? Hi. Uh, we've got a special mailbag <laughs> for you guys today. We'll be recapping part two of the Red Wings and Blue Jackets doubleheader on tomorrow's episode. Uh, but unfortunately, as we sit here recording, there's about... Th- 10 minutes to game time because uh, Ethan has to do Ethan has a beer league game in like two hours. So we wouldn't be able to recap the game afterwards. So we figured we'd just wait on that uh, recap kind of the whole series on Thursday uh, and then do a mailbag episode in the meantime. If you just missed yesterday's recap. Oh, it's over, baby. Going back to beer league. It's not even a thing anymore. The stone wall of the Rochester Onyx beer league. It's not the Onyx anymore. No, you guys. No, tried. it's suburbanized Rochester. I hope one of our listeners uh, just happens to play in one of these beer league leagues one day, and then they like score on you, and then tweet at us on the the podcast, and they're like, "Hey, you suck." All right, I'm on the heart attacks. Come at me. <clears throat> uh, if you missed yesterday's recap, I flew solo. Ethan was at work uh, during the twelve o'clock matinee game, so I had a discussion with Lockdown Blue Jackets host Jay Forrester. Go check that out. Find out what it would take for the Red Wings to land Pierre-Luc Dubois. Very interesting discussion. And then on today's episode, to close out the show, we're talking about the Mike Babcock tell-all that ran on The Athletic today. Very sappy. Very emotional. He's trying to win back the hearts of the American people. Can he do it? Uh, Before we get into our mailbag questions, though, we have a lineup adjustment that I want to get your prediction on because we're in a situation to where we uh, we can't necessarily see how everything plays out. And I would like to put you on the spot. So currently, uh, the readjusted lines for the Red Wings, we've got Nemestikov, Larkin and Zadina on line one. That's a pretty big shakeup already. Mantha Rasmussen and Ryan on line two. Another pretty big shakeup. Brome, Glendenning and Bertuzzi on line three. And then line four, which I, it's about time that they put Nielsen and Philpula on that fourth line. They got Nielsen, Philpula, and Gagne. Then, uh, so what is your initial reaction to seeing this? It's three games into the season. The Red Wings just have their best game really as a team, like top to bottom. They were getting more scoring chances than they did their first game, two games against Columbus. They just looked like a better hockey team. And now Jeff Blaschel goes up and changes literally everything. It's too early in the season, baby. If anything, if anything, it needs to be Mantha on the fourth line and Bertuzzi can move up. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because Mantha. Bertuzzi, so Bertuzzi's on the third line. Been, I think Ansar Khan tweeted out that. Uh, oopsie that, poops, he got the last two lines wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. That so it's Bertuzzi on the third yeah. line with uh, Brome okay. and... I don't care. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. I'm not on the, I'm not on the Manta bandwagon right now, but I like Rasmussen. Rasmussen on that second line, keeping that. I like that a lot, huh? Yeah, he, know, uh, how, he won't be able to keep it when Fabry comes back, but... Yeah, uh, if you guys hadn't heard, I don't think I touched on it on yesterday's episode just because things got a little fast and loose, uh, but Robbie Fabry and... Adam Ernie are both in COVID protocol, meaning that Franz Nielsen and uh, Michael Rasmussen have both worked their way into the lineup. So that'll be uh, that'll be a real fun experiment with Nielsen getting back in. But I actually didn't really dislike what I saw out of uh, Rasmussen in yesterday's game. It was one of those things. He didn't get a ton of ice time. Uh, he wasn't out there in like high leverage situations. So he wasn't really in a position to make a mistake. He didn't make any mistakes and by and large uh on this team as long as you don't make mistakes like that's all you can really ask for yeah absolutely i feel like it's a little gutless that adam ernie's out um i feel like he had a great start to the season um i in my opinion i think he's had the best start to the season out of any red wing um, he's in COVID protocol i know i just, I just said it's not fair so you said gutless I, like <laughs> I, I feel gutted that he's not playing. Oh, I, I thought like you said should, it's a little gutless. I thought he was the best Red Wing. has COVID. No, I just feel like it, he's, he's been the best <laughs> Red Wing to start the year. And All right, shut up. It's uh, disappointing that move he isn't playing. I mean. <laughs> All right, well, our first mailbag question actually comes from a friend of the program, Scott Bentley. You might remember Scott from last week's uh, season preview. We did a little bit of a uh, celebration of Dylan Larkin's captaincy with him and answered four burning questions. And now he has more burning questions for us. And uh, he starts with this. A really amazing guest said that Mantha was a point-per-game player this year. Is he really that dumb, or is it just too early to say? I don't know who he could be referring to. But he, he did come on the show last week. So uh, yeah. I think it's definitely too early to say. Like, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's happy with what we've seen from Anthony Mantha this season. And uh, for pretty good reason, like he just has looked lethargic, unengaged. Uh, all of those things hasn't been driving the play at all. Hasn't been, you know, creating offense for either himself or his teammates. But that being said, uh, I've said it many, many times before the season started. He is their most talented, valuable offensive production player. And I don't think that the, the first three games are in a, a, an indictment of that or a contradiction to that uh i just think he's had a slow start like a lot of other teams like i've been listening to a lot of other uh locked on podcasts and pretty much everybody has just been saying the same exact thing uh about all of their star players that haven't had a good start so i'm just gonna go with that because i do think yeah. that that's what it is it's been 10 months well i know but dude it's it's like this year after year it's like oh he's so hot and then he's so cold Oh, he's good. Now he's injured. Oh, now he's not good anymore. It's just, how long are we going to, is he going to be like this? Is his entire career? How long are we going to put up with this? Will yeah. we trade him when he's back? Like, what, what is going to happen here? Because quite frankly, I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> I am too. And it's like, because it's not just the stuff where it's the, it's not just like the the bad line changes or I mean we talked about it. one of the goals on the Pierre Luc Dubois goal that ended up being the game winner the other day was a direct result of him like the puck bounced to the corner he had the inside track to the puck could have easily made a play to keep it in the zone slap it back around the boards but he tried to play the body on Grigorenko completely whiffed Grigorenko spun out of it shot the puck up to Dubois 
Dubois on a breakaway, like those types of things. And then the fact that, I mean, we have touched on the opening goal of the season uh, where he just did not get back. And then by the time he does get back, the goal's already scored and he drills Nino Niederreiter right into uh, Thomas Grice. So those are the types of things that just, you, it's just not characteristics of a smart hockey player. And that's frustrating because I don't know if that can be taught and I don't know if there's a way to find consistency with those things. I know it's, it is really frustrating. I was expecting big things from this man. What's next? Uh, what's next is an ad for rockauto.com. That's right, folks. Nice. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it is now possible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. And rockauto.com, they don't just not have only one brand. They have all the brands. Any brand that you can possibly think of for any auto part that you could possibly need. rockauto.com has it. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. They've got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. That is the best fucking power play the Detroit Red Wings have had in four games. And before we get into segment two and answer some more of your mailbag questions, just want to take a moment to say that thank goodness 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to Lockdown Red Wings so you can hear more, more great mailbag episodes like this. Or, uh, you know, our great episode with Mo Cider, uh, two-parter. You can go check those out. Uh, subscribe. You won't miss a single episode. And it'll be downloaded when you wake up in the morning. So that'll be even more convenient for you. Let's get to our next mailbag question. And this one comes to us from our friend Kyle Demetrius. He says, do you think Blashill gets extended after next season? His contract is up and he's been a longtime Detroit Red Wings employee, but is he the man to lead the kids back to contender status? Uh, Ethan, we'll start with you on this one. Absolutely. <laughs> why? Are you kidding me? Why? No, why do you think, why do you, wait, do you think he isn't? Yeah, no, I uh, I, I'm unsure. I just, I don't. I don't think he's the man to lead them back into contender status. I just think when you have (laughs) the things that upset me about the Red Wings, a lot of times can somewhat more or less be chalked up to coaching, having awareness, you know, when you're entering the zone, noticing that there's a man blazing with blazing speed, tearing up your left side and trying to receive an open pass, the zone entries, the zone exits, like these little things, uh, the power play, Name me one good thing that Jeff Blashill does. Um, he's really good at managing both veterans and young players. How so? 
because we have plenty of both on our roster. That doesn't mean he's good. At he it. always give him a choice, a chance to play. I mean, it seems like a good, it seems like the locker room's a fun place. I think people like playing here. I don't know that that's true. I don't think so either. Um, I think, I think with the roster turn with the, with the coaching turnover, like how it is in the NHL right now, I mean, I, we have one bad year when we are a decent team in the future and he's gone. He's what's the opposite of in like Flint out, like what? Uh, in like Flynn out, like uh spout, like spout shoots water. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah I'll so, like a water spout. I'm going to go. No, Ethan is going to go. Yeah. Uh, Manta no, has... no, I'll go now. Oh, all right. We got another yeah. Anthony Mantha. Actually, let's Double let's nose. let's skip the Anthony Mantha, uh, the other Anthony Mantha question for now, and come back to it if we have time. Uh, from our friend Harrison Watt, he says, "Let's say the Red Wings are contenders in three years. Who on the current roster of some of the free agent acquisitions do you like enough so far that you would keep them for that? Plot twist: You have to re-sign them right this second. So we've got Bobby Ryan, Vladislav Nemestikov, uh, John Merrill." Matthias Brome, Troy Stetcher, and Sam Gagne. I'm going to say the only one Jesus. out of those guys is Troy Stetcher. Uh, I think he's a very uh, – either Stetcher or Merrill. Like, those are two guys who, uh, on a contending team, they're a very solid, you know, top six defenseman. I like that. Um, Ryan's do you remember old, when – Otherwise, maybe I'd go in that direction. Do you remember when Sam Gagner had an eight-point night when he played for Edmonton? <laughs> I sure do. I mean, that's what I'm thinking right now. You ever see? You ever seen somebody turn back the clock? I've never seen somebody skate yeah, so Bobby fast Ryan's up the middle. Right oh yeah. Um, no, if I was, it, I'd probably take a chance on Brome. I like that. Like fun. I like that. And uh, it looks well, like fun. It'd probably be, it'd be cheap right now too because he's, uh, you know, he hasn't really proven himself yet. So in the instance where he wants to sign and it's not like, okay, I want to see where I am at the end of the year. If it's something where he'll be like, yeah, I'll sign right now. I'll sign right now. Like how this hypothetical is, I'd, I'd give him a chance. Uh, this one comes from Tony Wolak, a former guest on the Lockdown Red Wings podcast as well. He says, what are your impressions of Grice and Bernier so far? Both seem comfortable playing behind the defense, which wasn't something that we could say last year. We'll start with well, that, we, you're, you we are talked the on expert. Yeah, we've talked. I've talked about them quite a bit. Um, both looking a hell of a lot better than the tandem we had last year. Grice is, I would say, equivalent to Bernier. I mean, they all have. They both have their strengths and weaknesses. But I mean, I'd, I'd give them both a, a, a pretty solid grade. Um, I mean, right now we're watching the Columbus Detroit, the second Columbus Detroit game. Um, shots are eight to six. Not a ton of chances, but I mean, Bernie has looked good. They both have great has style had chances. of their equipment. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I, uh, when it comes to those two, I think the, the biggest benefit of that is just having one goaltender who can stop the bleeding when the other one's not doing well. And I think, who knows? I, I don't, I'm not expecting any like catastrophic stretches from either of those guys this season because. Uh, Jonathan Bernier was really good down the stretch, but he did have a pretty tough start to the year. And uh, I think he is prone to maybe falling in a little bit of a slump. I think every goalie is prone to falling in a little bit of a slump, uh, but it's, it truly is a bit of peace of mind knowing that if one of them is not ready to go, doesn't look right, whatever it may be, 
that the other one can pretty much just swap in and there's no drop off. There's no real elevation either, but there's no drop off. And I think that's the most important thing is just the consistency. You basically just have two of the same goaltender. Yeah. Which is, fantastic, which is ideal if they're yeah, good. That's exactly what you want. Uh, all right. Our next question comes from Scott Matla. He says, I know it's early in the season, but what are the early impressions of Philip Zadina? He's looking step and a half. Not step and a half. He looks a step faster. He looks a step more confident. Um, he's looking, he, he's, he's celebrating goals a lot more <laughs> early on. Um, let's see what else. He's got some, no, he, he had some pretty good celebrations last year. Yeah. Cause like when he, when he was uh, a lot of his goals were like sick one timers, you know, and stuff like that. So like he, he go a little stupid on it. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he looks like a, a young kid that is desperately needed in this organization. Yeah. He really, that, that punch of new energy. I think out of anybody on this team, the, like the energy can be like, I don't know if risen is the right word raised the most by Phillips Adina. Like I think an electric raisin Phillips raisin. Raising, raising the roof. Uh, I think an electric season from Phillips Adina where he's like really exciting and like making the nice plays, but also scoring a, a lot of cool goals or whatever it may be. Uh, I think that's something that's going to provide a spark. He's a very high energy player, not just with the way that he, you know, reacts and whatnot, but like you mentioned uh, his celebrations, like he's been going nuts after every Bobby Ryan goal. Uh or just, you know, whoever has scored out there and stuff like that. So I love what I've seen out of Phillips Zadina. And you mentioned the confidence too. It just, it's the way to describe it is that when he goes to make a play, his body language and like everything that goes along with the physicality of the play says to me that he thinks he's going to make the play. Like he, he yeah. like, you know, that confidence, baby. I love it. Yeah. That I can't do any confidence. Just the sneaky plays too behind the net, like we've seen earlier on this year. Just I'm really, I'm really pumped to see what this kid can do full time. Uh, we've got one more from Kyle Demetrius. Uh, he says, "Are the Red Wings going to get Cider into some games this year after Rogue's season ends, or will he go to the A again and start his NHL career next season?" I don't see any reason at all as to why he would go to the AHL. Uh, if no. he does come over here after the SHL season is done, he's been one of the best defensemen in that entire league last year. And I think if you have that claim to fame, uh, that definitely earns you a spot in the NHL. I, I also don't see any benefit to not putting him in the NHL. Like, see what you got. I, like, I don't even know. I would go, hmm. I guess it depends on what when he comes over here and how many games they have left and stuff. But I mean, like if they have like 20 games left, I don't know how the schedule breaks down, but if they have like 20 or more games left where he's available after the season is done, like I would say play them all 20. Like who cares about those nine games burning the first year of the entry level contract? See what you got, get this kid some confidence in the NHL level so that when he goes into next season, it's not like he just has a taste. Like he had a time, he had time to slow things down, really find his game and, when he goes into next season, he'll know all of the things he needs to work on uh, all of the advantages that he has in this league. And uh, I think that's going to be a huge benefit to him next season. If he can get like 20 games over here. 
Yeah, I think Steve's going to piss off a lot of Red Wings fans if they limit him to just nine games or if they don't play him. Um, you know, I feel like it's uh, almost like a like a like if a Mitch Marner or something after his draft year goes back and plays another year in the OHL and it's like you know he doesn't need to be there. Yeah. You know he's skilled enough to make this team. Um that's where I see him. I think that's where everybody sees him. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video today of him just running three people over <laughs> yeah. in the same shift. Like he's a man amongst boys in there. And that's that physicality is not going to change when he's in the NHL. Yeah. And I also like, I, I guess let's, I will ask you this. I will pose you two scenarios. Let's say he comes over and there's 12 games left. You play him for nine. Yes. You know, like you play him for nine, you, you keep that first year. But like, if they're, like I said, if they got 20 or more games left, play him for every single one if he's available. Like, I, I don't see any harm in that because chances are you're not going to be in the playoff race at all. And even if you're chances like, are. yeah, okay, you're right. Uh, chances are they're close to the bottom of the lottery. Like let's, say, let's say five, let's say, let's say they're five spots from the bottom of the lottery. Yeah. And this is, this is an ideal scenario as well. Like we should throw that on top of everything. If they're only five spots away from the lottery, that's pretty dang good. Uh, like, I don't, if they're, if, if they're, if they got the fifth best odds in the draft lottery with 20 games to go, I don't see any sense in like continuing to try to tank because like that clearly doesn't work and i would much rather have uh you know your best players over here showing you what they can do building confidence for next year getting that chemistry with their future teammates as much as possible and sacrifice you know two three spots in the draft lottery to have these guys here because i, I also don't think they're going to affect wins and losses so much yeah and, and quite frankly too like if, if we can show the NHL that, you know, we have good prospects and we could be an exciting team. Yeah. You know, I mean, the first overall pick never wins the lottery anyway. So as exactly. long as we can show the NHL that we're, we're a fun team, maybe they'll give us the first overall pick. That'd be yeah. Cool. Yeah. Bring that, like bring that, uh, do something to emphasize the media market. Yeah. Right. Um, which is a, which is a long shot with the Red Wings, but I mean, a, hey. yeah. I mean, it is one of the only cities with four professional sports. You know. Yeah. Hey, give us the first overall pick. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go into our next segment, do a little Mike Babcock talk. Thank you so much to everybody who reached out with those questions. We certainly uh, appreciate you. I do have to talk to you guys real quick about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? The NFC and AFC championships are this weekend. Will Patrick Mahomes be playing? Will he be out? Will you win some money? Uh, by betting on that game there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that you that we trust it's betonline.ag when you sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent off welcome bonus you put in 100 you get 150 put in 200 you get 300 it's a pretty freaking sweet deal uh ethan I, I don't know if you were if you had money on the chiefs game this weekend or whatever but imagine being like living and dying in that fourth quarter with Chad Henney uh, against the Browns like that, that must've been insane. Yeah, I, Imagine I, I, having I, money on that game. 
Yeah, right. I mean, I put it all on red and luckily they won. So that's cool. <laughs> uh do not sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit at bet online your online sportsbook experts there's an old man sitting next to me may you love to his tonic and gin <laughs> All right, final segment of the day here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Before we get into uh, a little bit of Mike Babcock talk, just want to let you know, since the regular season is NA is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Lockdown NHL. Local experts each week bringing the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. We actually did have, uh, before we get into this Mike Babcock talk, we got one more uh question from anthony taramina it does i I skipped over it because it also involves mantha but uh it's it's a little bit different of a conversation uh so he says mantha has not looked as good as expected coming into these games do you think he will get his scoring back or not because he usually started the season off hot and then fell off as it went on which is a good point to make like that is a that is a problem that anthony mantha has had and now we're living in the benjamin button version of it yeah, so just expect him with about like ten games left. When it doesn't matter, he'll probably have like twelve goals. In 10 just games. absolutely. Turn and then it it's on. gonna be like, hey, you know, I mean, he did end up having twenty goals this year. That's when you but trade him. Over because... half of it came at the end of the at the last ten games. So I mean, that's that. I mean, could very well happen. Probably will happen. There'll be a stretch. I'd say there'll be a stretch of like fifteen games where he puts up like twenty five points. And then it's it's back down to like this. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into this Mike Babcock talk. Pierre LeBron did a Mike piece Dad in Dad the Athletic. Clock. The Mike Dad Bab Clock. Uh, Pierre LeBron did a piece, a, a sit down, a tell all, whatever you want to call it. Babcock, of course, uh, will be replacing the affable Mike Mailberry on the NBC podcast. Uh, and he talked about the Johan Franzen incident. So. Just to jog your memory, if you didn't keep up with the story when it went on, Chris Chelios went on the Spit and Chickless podcast, uh, called Babcock a, or he said that Babcock verbally assaulted Franzen during a playoff series with Nashville. Franzen, in a subsequent interview with the Swedish newspaper Expressing, called Babcock a great coach, but a terrible person and a bully, saying he suffered from verbal attacks from the coach. Uh, so you remember that story, obviously. What was yes. your like reaction to all that when it kind of went down? Because what's coming next, these quotes from Mike Babcock are, depending on where you landed on it, very rich. Yeah. At the time, at the time when it, when it originally came out, uh, the story about Barner, like, I understand he's a rookie, but like, NHL coach, coaches are coaches. Sometimes coaches are pieces of shit. And like, yeah, I like originally I was just like, is the, is the hockey, is the hockey world really going to purge this man of his job because of this? Or no, he was already fired, but it's just like, is, is, are they going to ruin his life because of this? Like, oh, I can't believe, I, I thought it was like more like Toronto media being Toronto media. And then it kind of got more into his tenure with, the Red Wings and then obviously more Toronto people came out and obviously like Matthews didn't like him and it was like okay shocker the 21 year old kid doesn't like Mike Babcock okay um but when it kind of got into more of like the Red Wing stuff 
I don't know. Like I'm not, nobody, none of us were there. We're all hearing it secondhand, third and fourth and fifth hand. I don't think that's a thing, but um, you know, it I, was I do more... think one thing that's telling though, who has come to Mike Babcock's defense? I mean, who would? Anybody who liked him. If he had any sort of support at all whatsoever, I guarantee I'm, I would bet my life on the fact that they would come out and say, like there would be people who come out and defend him. Like I, I have not seen anybody that's defended him. Were you surprised that it wasn't, nothing was really said by Zetterberger, Lindstrom? Yes and no, because I think, I mean, like there, there were a lot of crazy rumors coming out of that locker room. Like at that time, there was a whole Swedish mafia thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a very well known story or whatever and i honestly just kind of remember bits and pieces of it it was an old jeff moss detroit sports rag thing uh but it just sounded like the wild wild west in that locker room back in the day i also think though that uh zetterberg and lidstrom are two very not let's not rock the boat kind of guys so it surprises me very little that they said anything negative about him but i think if they would have had positive things to say they would definitely say it yeah uh so we haven't even gotten to the 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 comments about what he said when he was asked about it by pierre lebron he said uh when a player that you've coached says that about you it stings you big time but not only does it sting for that if you've been involved with mental health like i have dot 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 and then LeBron goes, Babcock has been an advocate for mental health awareness beginning uh, after a young man, his family knew, took his own life over the years. Babcock has lent his voice to the cause, participating in the Bell Let's Talk campaign. So to have Franzen feel that way about him, it hurt deeply. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the, the Bell Let's Talk campaign, I don't know what he does with that, but I'm a participant of the Bell Let's Talk campaign. All you have to do is tweet hashtag Bell Let's Talk. You don't even have to hit the space bar to participate in the Bell Let's Talk campaign. Let's see here. Babcock is an outspoken advocate for Bell Let's Talk and other mental health awareness campaigns. He became involved in it after that. Um, In 2017, he became involved in the campaign ahead of the game. He became, sorry, I'm talking fast. He became involved in a campaign called Ahead of the Game to raise money for youth mental health in sport. So he has done, do some research, Nolan. It's not like he's just saying, I do stuff too. He's actually <laughs> gone out and done stuff. It Nolan. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Have you ever seen Breaking it, Bad? Yeah, you're right. Gus it doesn't Frank, matter. You're, Gus, you heard no, no, Franzen's no, 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 feelings. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that narcissistic people, like I believe Mike Babcock is, and like many people have called him before, have tendencies to virtue signal in these types of ways. My first, the first example that comes to mind, Gus Fring from Baking Bad. He was running a meth lab in Albuquerque, but guess what? He was donating a ton of money to that police department. Who's the last person that anybody would suspect of running a a meth lab out of Albuquerque, New Mexico? Definitely Gus Fring. He's the last person on my list until I saw the way he cut that dude's neck with a box cutter. And then I started to kind of get it a little bit, but I just think that like, this is it just, none of this sounds genuine at all like and it's just like the language of it and obviously some of it gets lost in translation through writing uh rather than hearing him say it but for him to be like not only does it sting but i mean me i'm i'm involved in mental health initiatives like just just if you if you really truly felt that way leave that part out of it because other people will 
A, come to your defense with examples of that, or B, you'll just be proven out to be a liar. And that's what I think is going to happen. Babcock lost his mom to cancer. And then just like that, um, those two kids that he was talking about, every single home game in Toronto, he had a kid that had cancer out to games. And you just think he's a narcissistic piece of shit. I mean, I still think he has a heart. I just think he's an asshole coach. You can- I, I think, like I said, narcissism, there are many things that narcissistic people do to hide the fact that they're completely unbelievable. All right, man, you can believe what you can, you can believe what you want to believe, but like not everybody, like I don't, I fail to believe that Mike Babcock is a horrible person head to toe. It's absolutely not true at all. Of course, of course, not nobody in this world is that nobody in this world is a good person or is a bad person from head to toe. I'm sure the you know most infamous dictators in the history of time have done nice things for their servants or have done things for the people that they are ruling over with tyranny. But that doesn't mean they're good people or that the uh, their heart's in the right place. I hear I hear what you're saying. I really do. But I just choose to believe that he's a disingenuous sack of shit. All right. I can't wait. I'm just going to keep reading this. I wish I wish I could just keep reading this loud. I wish I could read this faster because each one is like donating money to hospitals. He's starting tax charities. Tax right off. Dude, you're unbelievable. But he's Every still Every athlete and millionaire has a charity. He's still helping people. That but it's like mean oh, anything. It's tax right offable. His his life has been personally Every- impacted by little- <laughs> And you're telling me that he's just doing it because it's a tax write-off. You're unbelievable. I'm not saying that's his full motivation, but it could be oh, part of it. Up. Literally, I'm pretty sure that's the first thing that they tell you when you make a million dollars is like, hey, start a charity so you can start, you know, so you make sure that you don't actually lose any of this money. I'm, I'm still reading. Sure, I'm pretty I'm still sure. Reading. It's I'm, a very, it's a very, very, very long. Here, I'll give it, I'll give the the sportsnet.ca um mike uh, maple leaves babcock working to change mental health conversation bang 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 sorry okay, but it's your coach. actions not your words sorry outside of sorry when he's being a coach he's a jerk sorry but he's still he's he's a good person just like everybody wants to he be. is not a good person i don't know how you reached that conclusion I'm i don't know how you that. i don't know how you went so far in that direction one, it's good conversation. Two, I fail to believe that he's a jerk. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, that sounds like a good place to wrap this up. I do believe he's a jerk, and right. I can't believe you. You're you're the definition of a sucker, but it is what it is. That's that's all right. Okay. Uh, Don't call me names. That's mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, tomorrow we will be back with a recap of Red Wings and Hurricanes game two. Uh, not sure what we got planned exactly for Friday, uh, but it'll probably have something to do with previewing the weekend series and maybe a little bit of uh, shenanigans mixed in as well because uh, it's Friday. So why not do some shenanigans? We'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. You're locked on Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.